on the wrestling podcast about nothing, the king of pay-per-view reviews, Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro is back. And as a new king is crowned in 2019, we look back at the regal run of Mabel at King of the Ring in 1995. More like a slow trot rather than a regal run. Well, we'll hear all about it. Plus, your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 176, a production of Packpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And yes, not joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. He's a contract and ring about a wrestler. One half of the bouncers, the brawler, Brian Malonis. He is not here, but instead making an unprecedented fourth appearance in a row on the wrestling podcast about nothing. The owner and proprietor of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Owner, proprietor, booker, promoter of Chaotic Wrestling. He is the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand, Brian Fury. Hi again. Hey, Michael. At this point in time, look, just just call it like you see it. I am now your co-host. Well, yeah. Malonis is going to be the guest host whenever he comes back. Well, Malonis posted something on Twitter uh, and Facebook this past Friday saying, I'll read it right here. Big thanks to at Crocsocks and at X Brian X Fury X, the worst Twitter handle in history, for picking up the slack in my absence on at the WPAN. Life happens and my schedule is hectic, but I'll be back soon. Don't forget about me. He's a busy boy. I don't buy it for a second. Oh my God. You, of all people, you do absolutely nothing with your life and you're late to everything. Almost never go anywhere. I'm surprised you're out of the house right now. Well, here I am. We're in the humble Brian Fury abode. We are, and you're only 15 minutes late today, which is a surprise. Thank you. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know if uh, we're seeing Lotus again, to be honest. It's uh, been a while. It has been a little bit. And He's it uh, a, a busy man. You read his dates every week on this podcast. You know how busy he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll read them this week, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeesh. Who knows if we'll see Eww. Brian Malonis again, but uh, happy to have you here, Brian. Good, I'm glad. You're trustworthy, you're, you're tried and true, you're there every week. I do what I can. When other people are not, so I, thank I, you. Yeah, I'm well, glad to be here. It's a good time being here on the wrestling podcast about nothing. What do you mean? It's a good time being here. I enjoy it. I'm not being sarcastic or anything along those lines. I enjoy being here. I like genuinely with you. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy being a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Well, I'm happy to have you here, and we're both happy to have our oh, special yeah. guest here this yes, week. Yes, we are. He is the co-host or one of the hosts of the podcast called Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Did you know, Brian, he was a booker for he Chaotic Wrestling, I think? 
He was. He's responsible for uh, me being on top for so long. That, that man right there, he's the guy to blame. Well, his name is Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectra. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Hello. Good to have you here. Thanks. You were a booker, weren't you? Or a- for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. I don't know if anybody knows that. You know what else he was? What? And you were too, Crockett? Late for dinner? Masked assailants attacking me at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy in a video once. One of the worst things I ever came up with. <laughs> what? That was excellent. I just watched that like last week. We must have taped this so many times. You guys uh, attacking me inside the school. I can't speak for Crockett, but I was I felt like I got the shit beat out of me for real that night. I took a post like a champ. <laughs> well, that was a great video because then it goes all squiggly and stuff and the camera comes up like on its side and you, I, you just see me walking over to it and picking it up <laughs> fantastic yeah maybe we'll put that on at the wpan on twitter so people can see myself and tarzan taylor just uh beating the stew out of you at least for a minute it is nice to be back i um last time i was on here we didn't review a pay-per-view so it was a little different it was a little different and now we're back in the saddle again it's been like over a year i think since we've done a pay-per-view review it's been a while. i feel like it always has it's gets too hyped i feel like i can't live up to the hype well, you this pay-per-view lived up to the hype. <laughs> sure did. Uh, and we'll get to it in just a second here. Uh, but first, Brian, Lo- eh, forget his website. Let's talk about our website. <laughs> the website of the wrestling podcast about nothing. It's the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Our hub, our home base, the official website. And uh, there's stuff on there. I mean, we're to have to make some changes. Brian Fury. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm all about it. Still waiting on your biography yeah, to be submitted. One that, no, wait, it's a different website. No, yeah, that's that's the other website. All right. The webmaster hasn't uh, made any adjustments yet? No. S- same amount as yours. <laughs> well, come on now. <laughs> it's in progress. It's under construction. I got the oh. little gif there of the, the guy in the uh, construction hat. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's coming <laughs> nice. soon. Coming soon. Nice. GeoCities. Your permanent guest host doing a hell of a job. He sure is. Thanks. Uh, Tarzan. <laughs> Well, uh, on that website, for the time being, you can see uh, Brian Malonis and myself. You can read our bios, uh, see photos. Of course, you can always find ways to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. All the different podcast platforms, it's all there at the WPAN.com. And the social media links. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. So follow us and uh, interact. Tarzan, you know about the fact that we used to be part of BDA Radio. I did know that. I hear about something about the uh, the search terms, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's uh, what the web. Um, wait, what, what did BDA Radio stand for? Uh, big Dicks and Asses. Oh. Is that real? or Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's a classic callback for anybody that used to listen to this podcast bit. years and years ago. This segment confuses me. So they type in these terms and they get rooted to... That website. Is that what I'm understanding? I get a Yeah, little because I, I'm a little confused as well, because, <laughs> especially with a couple of these uh, terms here I found this past week. BDARadio.com was a popular website that had a lot of photos of women, uh, MMA fighters, models, surfers on one occasion. Scantily clad pictures of these people. Yes. So when people go searching for these, like cached in uh, the internet are the old links to these photos, but when they click on those links, it redirects them to the WPAN.com because that's what BDA Radio did when it went out of business. They redirected everything to our website, the WPAN.com. So there are search terms in the back end of the website that brought people to our website, 
and uh, a number of them are quite interesting. So I'll start with this one that actually someone actually put into a search bar and brought them to our website. Gabrielle Grace Epstein, sleepy. Oh, what? Apparently, the woman's name is Gabrielle Grace Epstein. Crockett, shh, she's sleepy. Oh, I'm sorry. She's not sleeping yet. She's just sleepy. Sleepy, yeah. Epstein? Yeah. She's a Puerto Rican Jew? Or- <laughs> 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 yes, that search term was signed Epstein's mother. Um, I, I don't understand this one at all. I'm confused by it as well. I mean, I can understand the the more dirty terms being put in the website, but wanted to see someone sleepy. I'm not sure where you go with that. It's to bed. I That's where I go when I'm sleepy. I guess you too. Okay, here's the next search term. It's simple. It's to the point. It really just says it all. <laughs> oh, brother. Tits. <laughs> Wait, just tits? Did That's it. No, Not- no specification of size? No, T-I-T-S. That's it. Not big tits. So, yes, I, 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 something's wrong. <laughs> Someone put in tits, and it brought them to the WPAN.com. Someone explain that to me. What are you internet gurus out there listening? Explain that to me. I mean, I'm older than most, but if I'm going to jerk off, I don't type in tits for my visual aid when I go on the internet. If you were 11 or 12 years old, what would you type in? Uh, you probably, well, yeah, I guess they probably would type yeah, in tits. Yeah, see? What do you type in, Tarzan? <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, okay, here's another one. Missing New Rochelle dog. <laughs> what the hell? Is yeah, missing New Rochelle dog. It's not not Rochelle, Rochelle, Tarzan. That's a, as a play. It's about a young lover's journey from Milan to Minsk. You know that, right? Uh, this, this <laughs> a young woman's journey. I do. I am aware of that. Yes. <laughs> no, this is New Rochelle. I think it's a place in New York. And there's a missing dog. Maybe it's the reboot of Rochelle. Rochelle. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it's New Rochelle. It's like New Coke. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, that, that would throw me for a loop. I just had to include that one. Uh, okay. I hope it was found. I sure hope so. Not on the WPAN.com, that's for sure. Poor little pup. All right, now back to the wheelhouse. Mackenzie Dern, tits nude. (laughs) Not topless. No, you don't want anything on top of the tits. (laughs) You want the tits themselves to be nude, Tarzan. Am I out of date? Who's Mackenzie Kern? And Mackenzie Dern. Dern, who is that? I don't know, but... uh, I usually search... Brian doesn't have his phone on the ready. My phone's in the pocket here. Hold on. Mackenzie? Mackenzie Dern. Oh, she's a UFC fighter. All right. Mackenzie Dern. I didn't put in tits nude. I just put in <laughs> just her name. Yeah, she's, a, she's a pretty woman there. She's a good looking girl. Yeah. I'd like to see her tits nude. <laughs> <laughs> Goes without saying, right, we're Matt? We're in a gi in that picture. That was good. Yeah, okay. Hopefully the person that put that in got what they asked for. Finally, the final search term put in on the internet that brought them to our fine website. Okay. Listen to these words strung together. <laughs> Under boob, fit body, stunning. Oh, I'm not even going to put that one in. <laughs> Under boob, fit Are you making these body. up? Like, who is really typing these into the internet? I have no idea. They're really in there, though. Stunning. I swear on my everything that is holy that these are actual search terms. Oh. We got there. Definitely some under boob. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fit bodies here. 
Oh, stunning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that Alexa Bliss? No. Mm, you can no, see it yeah. in the face, though. It kind of looks like her. It does. That's not her, though. But yeah, underboob, fit body, stunning. So, huh. you know, coming up with these creative search terms, it could pay off. My wife's, yeah, very, my wife's sitting next to me very angry. Oh, Thanks a okay. lot, Crockett. We, we'd, better, we'd better move on, then. She's, she's done dipping her pizza in ketchup so she can <laughs> admonish me for looking at underboob, fit, sexy. The WPAN.com, the most disappointing site on the internet, and Fury's wife, the most disappointed woman in the room right now. <laughs> so, uh, guys, we watched a pay-per-view. Moments Ooh. ago, it ended. It was an extravaganza. It's Not only did we watch the pay-per-view, but we watched a match from before the pay-per-view took place. Was it Sunday Night Slam? I think so, yeah. It was included in the presentation. I guess it was uh, ripped from a Coliseum home video. And on the Coliseum video, they had the exclusive match where um, Savio Vega qualified for the uh, whole thing. But we'll get into that in just a second. This event took place on June 25th, 1995 at the Core States Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Crockett infamous was, Philadelphia. Was 31 when this event happened. Not what? quite. <laughs> They're always making fun of you in your age. I don't understand. I uh, know, Tarzan. You're so much older. Hey. Will you stop? Um, Stood up for you. He aged a lot better than you did, though. He looks great. <laughs> He's got a nice, fresh haircut. Yeah, boys looking regular. Boys regular, yeah. <laughs> I can't really pull off the boys. It's, it's the old man's regular. What's hair? <laughs> exactly. You know that story, Brian Fury. King of the ring. King of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Tarzan, I'm, I'm leading the ship this time. <laughs> I'm leading the ship. I mean, you're going off the rails over there on uh, your podcast, but uh, that's neither here nor there. It's <laughs> yeah, a real me, pal. So uh, <laughs> we start off uh, with a little look at the city of Philadelphia from the blimp or the, uh, excuse me, Wait, what, I have it written down here, I think. What I, was it called? It was, uh, well, oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, no, that was the, the indoor. That was the indoor no, that was the stride. I don't want to ruin your notes. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, I have that later. But, they, <laughs> right. but there's an actual blimp outside, a full-size blimp. The dirigible. What? What? <laughs> dirigible. That's another name for blimp. Come on. I figured Tarzan would know that one. It was uh, manned by Captain Kerwin Selfies. <laughs> yes, it was. I forgot about that. <laughs> who's, who's actually the longtime director yes. of uh, WWF. They found a way to work his name into it. And yes, we go to Stephanie Wyant. Remember her? I hadn't until I saw her. And then I remember because wasn't she on the first in your house? Oh, yeah. Her and Todd making the phone call to <laughs> the kid who won the house. So it wasn't until we saw her that I remembered her. Yes, and she introduced the Coliseum exclusive from the pre-show, Salvio Vega versus IRS, because I guess what happened was Razor Ramon was supposed to be in this tournament, but uh, he was injured. Hurt his ribs. Hurt his ribs, and Salvio Vega was to take his place, or, you know, there was another match to find out Razor Ramon's replacement. Would it be Razor's good friend, Salvio Vega, or would it be... Erwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS. The doctors said if it was only one match, Razor Ramon could have wrestled, but for the possibility of there being three matches in this night, they, they would not clear him. That is a darn shame as well. So yes, it's IRS with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase by his side and Razor Ramon accompanying Savio Vega. Your referee is Danny Davis with a long sleeve ref shirt. Oh yeah, I gotta cover up those tattoos. He's very chilly. 
first, right off the bat, you see the famous fans sitting ringside. You got Hat Guy from ECW sitting basically in the same spot he would sit if it was the ECW arena. And I guess he's in a hard way right now. Uh, I've read something online that he's uh, having some health issues. So uh, good luck, Hat Guy. You guys, you guys stare back. <laughs> yeah, no, not a clue. And uh, yeah, they probably weren't used to so many fans being in an arena at, at a show they were at. What, is, what does that mean? And they're used to sitting in a bingo hall with like 500 people watching the show. All right, there, Pritchard. All right, uh, Vladimir was there as well. Yes, he was. Yep, Jim front row. He's decked out in the King of the Ring gear. So this matchup, uh, do we want to say anything about this? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your opinion on Erwin Arshayster, Mike Rotundo, Tarzan? Jesus Christ. Fuck. You said something about... Uh, <laughs> I said that I can't believe a guy as fucking bland as White Toast said two of the most charismatic sons ever to hit the fucking wrestling business. Bo Dallas, you think? Yeah, I think Bo Dallas is the only thing he's got really going for him is charisma. He's no Bray Wyatt, but I mean... Compared to their fucking old man, who's like <laughs> l- less exciting than white toast. <laughs> I love a good piece of toast, though. You put a little jelly on it. No, be, he doesn't have the jelly, though. That's the problem. Ah, I, I see. That great at. bump when he like, <laughs> <laughs> he like didn't really leave his feet. He just sort of timbered. Was that the one for the finish? Yeah. <laughs> the fucking kick? Yes. Yes, it was. So, yeah. So, the finish was uh, the Savio Vega spin kick. Yes. Which yes. Uh, looked At good. one point, IRS was hitting the dressing room. He didn't want to win the King of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, he was walking out of there. Mad enough of this. But he did uh, find his way back, or Savio Vega and Razor Ramon helped him back. Maybe it was a ploy. <laughs> <laughs> so, the spin kick got the three count, and Savio Vega is a part of the tournament. That is the exclusive match from before the pay-per-view. Now we're finally getting to the pay-per-view proper, King Here of the Ring, yeah. 1995, and your commentating team, Vince McMahon, and well, Doc <laughs> Hendricks. Fuck Tarzan, you right? Hey. That was a great Doc Hendricks well there, Carl. Thank you. <laughs> no, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem with Doc? I fucking hate Doc Hendricks. We got, I got some good quotes from uh, I will say later. There were some things that with him and Vince I thought were amusing, but in general, yeah, no, fucking Doc Hendricks. Yeah, I never thought he was uh, really great in the commentary role in WWF. More of a slam jam guy with uh, Doc I was. I prefer Doc Hendricks selling the merchandise like he used to do. <laughs> wow, we got this brand new WrestleMania 11 hat here. Did he replace Barry Dodinsky, who would uh, originally do that? <laughs> I haven't heard that name in forever. <laughs> yeah, probably. Where he'd, he'd pour the WWF pogs out on the ring apron and show everyone uh, what's oh, that's going right. on. He'd be like, you can get this uh, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, denim jacket. Oh, yeah. And these glasses, <laughs> the heart glasses. Yes. And the combo pack. He looked like uh, Willie Nelson out there, just decked from head to toe <laughs> in, in merchandise. So let's go to our first matchup here on the pay-per-view. It is... One half of the current WWF World Tag Team Champions, Yokozuna, accompanied by Jim Cornette versus Savio Vega. Yes, the same Savio Vega who just qualified minutes before. One half of the Tag Team Champions, the returning Yokozuna, just returned at WrestleMania 11. Big surprise special guest. Yeah, to be the tag team partner of Owen Hart. What a team. They capture the tag titles. What a team. It was a great team. I agree. Great team. 
Much better than your fucking idea to fucking be his tag team partner. What, what do you mean? That wasn't my idea. It was the heavy rumor going in that... <laughs> was it? <laughs> that Chris Benoit was going to make his debut and uh, be the tag team partner of Owen Hart. Wouldn't that be a much better tag team? Who? That, uh, okay. <laughs> it would have been like fucking dead silent when they introduced Benoit to be Owen Hart's fucking partner. In 1994. Nobody would have had a fucking clue who that little fucking midget guy would have been going out there at that point in time. He had a nice head of hair, though, at that point. So did everybody on this pay-per-view. A lot of mullets <laughs> going on. Yeah, if you like Savio Vega, this is the pay-per-view for you. because You'll be seeing him all fucking night. <laughs> this matchup, they... Uh, Real quick, did you mention uh, the people that were opening the doors for the entrance... I haven't mentioned them yet. Are you going to get to them later, or are you just going to... No, just... go right ahead. Everybody's trying to take over as the uh, host this week. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, I always interject. That's what the guest host does here. The King of the Ring uh, usually had those two gentlemen that would open the gates, if you will. Yes. Of the entranceway. And this night, it was Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Hardy Boys. Jeff Hardy rocking that boy's regular haircut, much like yours tonight, Tarzan. Good man. Yes, yeah, so a very, very young Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. I mean, they looked barely 18. They looked like they were like <laughs> 17. Yeah. Very young men. Very young, very slender men. I don't know how they were opening those big, huge doors with their <laughs> slight frames, but they managed to do so. So it is uh, Yokozuna against Savio Vega. And we start by showing this video of uh, Lex Luger. There's something with a flag. And I believe it is Scotty <laughs> Riggs. Yeah, we don't. The future Scotty Riggs, who was the flag bearer for some reason for Lex Luger. This is all kind of muddled in my mind. I think that's how Yokozuna qualified for the for the match. Yeah, that was the, the, the King of the Ring qualifier. Yes. We see that video showing us how Yokozuna is a part of this match. Then we go backstage to a promo with Savio Vega and Razor. And Savio says, quote, I'm happy and happy and I'm going to the ring right now. <laughs> because his music starts playing, and uh, he's happy and happy. And I like Savio Vega, all sweaty still from his previous match, right up to the ring, just in his gear, ready to fight. Was he just in his gear? Yep. Okay. He was this time. At the beginning of the match, Yokozuna hoists up the Japanese flag. Savio Vega then has Old Glory and the Puerto Rican flag together. Little yeah. dinky mini versions compared to the huge <laughs> Japanese flag. Yeah, and it's not quite the Rougeau brothers, but... <laughs> no, uh, yeah, not quite. A little bigger than that. So then I, I notice, like, minutes into this match, hey, Mr. Fuji's at ringside. <laughs> yeah, he came late or something. It was he weird. didn't come down with uh, Yokozuna and Jim Cornette. He wasn't announced, and then he just, like appeared yeah really bizarre like where did he come from i don't know he, he was probably like, he, uh, he was probably <laughs> nearly immobile at this point maybe he's like driven down and kind of off camera <laughs> you didn't really see but uh this yeah was, there's yeah, fuji this, this was mr fuji not master fuji was there a match that didn't have somebody in someone's corner on the whole night like it seemed like every match had like one or two people in someone's corner every match i think uh lawler and bret hart you're right that was actually the <laughs> that only might have been the only one Yes, yeah, so uh, Yokozuna was on top of this match pretty kind much. Of. We'll get into that later, but kind of. Okay. Yokozuna was pretty much on top for the majority, if not most, of this. Uh, Sat in that fucking nerve hold for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a, a, a nerve hold, a, a nerve down. pinch. What? Wearing him down. But, you know, usually you talk about a rest hold. This was not a rest hold for Yokozuna because he was bent over... 
<laughs> on his feet as basically Salvia Vega was just lounging. So I, I can imagine Yokozuna is probably in pain having to bend over and hold this uh, nerve hold, barely holding the nerve hold, that by the like way. That was a fucking Vulcan nerve pinch when he had two <laughs> fingers barely touching him. Hey. When you're that powerful, you only need two pounds. Of, <laughs> two, two fingers to put the pressure on. How do you know how many pounds of pressure? Know? Hey, you've been lifting as long as I... You know exactly how much pressure. <laughs> uh, somewhere in here, they show Owen Hart on the phone. Was that the... What was it? The oh, Superstar you know, Hotline? You know, the Superstar Hotline. <laughs> yeah, so the, they have the uh, monitor there for the match. We the he's, all red bat phone. <laughs> yes. That he's, at, he's yelling into. He's supposed to be watching his partner in the ring, but he's busy... Yelling at some uh, unknowing fan who's paying six ninety nine a minute. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> be berated by Owen Hart on the phone. Sayo Vega, the Caribbean legend. <laughs> yes, he is. I forgot about that. What, this is like a second match in the goddamn company. Uh, well, second tonight. <laughs> yes, the Caribbean legend. <laughs> Near the end of the match, Sayo Vega is firing up. Finally, kind of firing back from the nerve hold, and Yokozuna cuts him off with an amazing. Thrust. Oh, that was a great hope spot. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's right. Yoko look, looked like we were getting ready to go to the comeback and out of nowhere. Right into the throat. That was fantastic. So uh, he misses a leg drop, does Yokozuna, and then the USA chants start up. USA. How do you feel about that? I mean, Puerto Rico is a uh, territory, territory of the United States. Very patriotic down there. But I, I'm just going to go out and say this. Like, I'm okay with... A USA chant in a match without a guy from the USA in it. Because you, what you're doing, you're trying to get on the heels' nerves. Okay. People say, like, oh, why are they chanting? You know, say it was Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. USA, USA. What you're doing, you're trying to throw Yokozuna off his game. It doesn't matter with the ethnicity or the, the nationality of the other guy in the ring. You're trying to get on the heels' nerves. All right, all right. You might, Everyone always gets, gets you might all. Make a valid point there. Everyone always gets all huffy about. Uh, Someone chanting USA when there's not a guy from the United States involved. But I Great say, ah. chant. Great chant. These are the Philadelphia fans that are the smartest wrestling fans in the world and yeah. can chant on anything and come up with anything. And that's what they come up with for Good this point, match. Brother. But it's before the days of uh, there were no uh, holy shit chants. There was not. Uh, certainly not in this event. Well, that's because Papa Shango didn't make the Ultimate Warrior Fury. That's, <laughs> <why. laughs> that's why there was no Holy Marlena didn't have her tits out in this one. Uh, <laughs> listen to last week's episode, Holy Shit, uh, with Brian Fury and The Ray, who uh, had a great list of <laughs> different Holy Shit moments. Very interesting list. I'd say this match wasn't that bad. I uh, thought it was going to be a lot worse, but it actually wasn't that bad. No, the beginning of this pay-per-view, you guys were like, it was better than you thought it would be, right? At the beginning, it was much more enjoyable than we definitely expected, that's for sure. It definitely took a fucking turn had, for the worst yeah, as I the night went on. Bad memories of it being horrible at the time, but this match, not that bad. So the end of this matchup, a uh, bunch of clotheslines from Salvio Vega, and a spin kick finally takes Yokozuna off his feet. At this point, Cornette's up on the apron. Salvio bumps Cornette off the apron. Razor comes over around the corner and laughs at Cornette. And then Owen Hart comes. He's off the phone. He comes. He nails Razor from behind. Hits him in the ribs. There's a whole melee going on, on the floor. Yokozuna comes out there. Salvio Vega's out there. They're battling back and forth. Yokozuna ends up going into the steps and the ring post, kind of, right? <laughs> and uh, Salvio Vega ends up beating the count to win the match and advance to the next round. Whew. That's a... Former two-time heavyweight champion he just beat there. 
by Karnat. And he beat a former tag team and Intercontinental Champion in the match before. That's true. Savio Vega, man. Really making a name for himself in the World Wrestling Federation tonight. I'm trying to figure out. He beat Yokozuna by Kana. Why, why aren't there balloons falling from the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So from there, Savio Vega advances, and we go to backstage with Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Or his foot, anyway. He's uh, apparently he's sitting in his stench, according to <laughs> Vince McMahon. He hasn't washed his feet in weeks, apparently. This sock has holes in it. Like yours. The whole locker room stunk. Apparently so. And uh, somehow, guys, he was almost arrested for sock abuse. <laughs> well, I don't understand that line at all. <laughs> but <laughs> Jerry Lawler said this. Sock abuse. Well, am I missing like some... Like sound alike phrase, sock abuse. I you got me. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, back to the ring for Bob Sparkplug Holly. Start your engines, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Two sports superstar, Bob Sparkplug Holly. Wow. Versus the roadie. Fucking love the roadie. <laughs> Apparently, huh? Love his hair. Fantastic. You wanted to have his hair. You tell me he I did. I was in high school. I wanted to have that hair. I, I was I didn't understand their extensions or what they were. I could have done it, apparently. I didn't realize I had to just had to buy them. I was gonna growing my hair out. That fucking hair, every move that guy makes, <laughs> he's flipping his head back to fix his hair. After everything he does, every step he takes, <laughs> I wonder if he had heat with the undertaker. Just because he's always like, hey, it makes selling easier, man. You get the hit, you just whip the hair back. Everyone can see that. I guess they can. Everyone in the building can see it. Who is uh, the roadie accompanied by? Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? <laughs> the referee of this match, Jack Doan. Roadie, to, to get to the tournament, beat, quote unquote, the illustrious Doink the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, Bob Holly beat a Brian Fury favorite. Yeah, Mantar. <laughs> Can't believe he lost. How did he get by Mantar? <laughs> Not just anyone could do that. So this. How, how long after the name change was this for Bob Holly? I don't know. Uh, I know. Yeah, he was originally Thurman Sparky Plug. Thurman Sparky, Sparky Plug. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long he was that for. At least like I don't know if it was a full year. Thurman Plug. My friends call him a Sparky. You can too. <laughs> so Bob Holly over Mantar to get here to the King of the Ring tournament. The bell rings and Rhodey runs straight for Bob Holly. Bob Holly just gives him a quick belly to belly, which is pretty cool right off the top or off the bat. Two count. And so they did a bunch of these like fish out of water spots. One, two. Oh, he got him. No, he didn't. Bunch of that at the beginning. They're trying to get the win. Brian Fury. Very similar to Savio Vega and IRS earlier. Uh, they virtually had a lot of the same spots throughout. But yes, Babyface, quick covers, quick covers, quick covers, trying to uh, get that victory. You guys were uh, marveling over the hard buckles of uh, Bob Sparkplug Holly. Tremendous. You could, hear, you could hear the whole ring. Oh, he was right. hitting those things super hard, super solid. They were fantastic. They're well mic'd, the ring, I oh, think. Oh, come on now. <laughs> so Will you stop. How do you feel about uh, the road dogs dancing? <laughs> Fucking phenomenal. Tremendous. There's a lot of it in this dude, match. Dude has some moves. 
He did. Jealous. He Jealous can, of his hair and his dancing. He could shimmy with the best of them. <laughs> I'd forgotten how thoroughly entertaining the roadie really is. Like, or I should say was. I don't know. I mean, because he's not the roadie anymore. But He's still with us, Tarzan. Yeah. He didn't pass away. <laughs> he's genuinely entertaining. Like, from bell to bell. Fucking bump machine, too. Yeah, he really just uh, attacking the mat, if you will, Brian Fury. So I want to talk about the superplex setup. It never ended up actually <laughs> happening. That's right. So can you explain, Brian Fury, what this so, is like? So he hooked him for a suplex. That's Rody, Rody, right? Yep. Lifted him up, put him on the top rope, stayed hooked in the suplex, <laughs> and then climbed the ropes while he was still hooked for the suplex. Never uh, a bit of light between the two of them throughout that whole thing. Got to keep it hooked and make sure he doesn't get out of it. <laughs> yeah. You can't let him get away. Kidding me? I've never seen anything like that in my life. But the superflex was not to be. Uh, he pushed him off, did Bob Holly, and Sparkplug came off the top <laughs> and fucking finish. Took a boot <laughs> right from the road dog. Yeah, put his foot up. Right. What and a maneuver. <laughs> what a maneuver. Holly goes down. Rody covers him. One, two, three. Three. Three? That was it. But he also kind of kicked out. It was a late kick out, I think, by Bob Holly. Jack Doan's hand went down. He committed 100%. So you got to do when your hand goes down, the guy kicks out kind of wonky. He just committed 100%. He, he, it was a pin. That was three count. It's it. It's over. Very, But very confusing to the home viewer, this I think. Guy sticking up for the referees <laughs> at all costs. This match, up until the comeback, entertained me. Comeback. To the finish, absolute dog shit. What the fuck was going on? <laughs> it was like punch, punch, cover, top rope, boom, fucking a boot. That was the finish. Not and, a big boot. Just nope, lifted his just foot. Just lifted up. his foot. And later, I think we come back to that. The big boot off the top yes, rope. We, but not a big boot, just the boot, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. So the roadie advances. The roadie does advance to the next round to the King of Iron Tournament. And from there, we go to. An interview backstage, <laughs> Todd Pettengill with the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. A lot of flexing. Shawn Michaels flexing <laughs> like crazy in this promo for some reason. Very good shape at this point. He was. Physical condition was uh, tip top. And amazingly, HBK beat, yes, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> To qualify for King of the Ring. Yes, there was a match with Shawn Michaels versus King Kong Bundy. Hey, doesn't matter how big you are. You get hit with sweet chin music. It's all over. The walking condominium, Brian with, Fury. With feet. King Kong Bundy was a part of the Million Dollar Corporation at this point in time. He was. He just you. wrestled uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania 11, the pay-per-view prior to this. Oh, yeah, you're right. And he's losing to Shawn Michaels like two months later in <laughs> yep. a qualifying match. Thank you for the history lesson there. I do it again. So the next match is a fellow member of the Million Dollar Corporation, Kama. The Supreme Fighting Machine. Yes. With Ted DiBiase at ringside versus Shawn Michaels. Tarzan is a big fan of Kama. <laughs> this proves how good Shawn Michaels is, that he could carry that fucking shitbag uh, to a good match. <laughs> you can call him Papa Shango, Kama, Godfather sucks, no matter what you call him. I'm surprised uh, Shawn Michaels wasn't uh, puking during this match. <laughs> <laughs> the puking came later. Brian yeah, Fury. Oh, oh, yes. Very true. So Kama is out, and he destroys a black wreath right off the bat. Yeah. Where Just did it come from? From uh, 
the creatures of the night, <laughs> Matt Spectro, who are seated at ringside. One of them uh, apparently asleep. <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? Just eyes, eyes closed, closed the whole time. Maybe he was silently meditating. You're the dirty guy. What the hell was the deal with that? The creatures. There is number one fans. I don't know who they were, but you don't know who they were. No. Oh man. So anyway, <laughs> Kama beat Duke the Dumpster Drosy to qualify for King of the Ring. All right. Sean's Sean's music when he came to the ring. <laughs> I don't know if this was just the edit from the network. I don't think so. It just starts right in the middle. It starts in the part where it's like, eat your heart out, girls. Hands <laughs> off the merchandise. Yeah, it was like, really weird. Started off like in the middle, and it was really threw us for a loop. We thought it must have been edited, but we weren't sure because he wasn't really that far down the aisle. Yeah, I, it was weird. I don't know if it was a network thing or what the deal with that was. Tim White, the referee for this match, comma versus Shawn Michaels. And the beginning of this match... I like to look at the referees, Tarzan. <laughs> I like to see what they're doing. And he is completely distracted, is Tim White, at the beginning of this match, looking over at the timekeeper's table. I don't know if he's trying to get a time or what, but he's just completely not paying attention to what's happening within the ropes because he's looking over, looking over, looking over, looking over. I don't know what's going on. But Tim White was not getting the cue he needed, apparently, from uh, the ringside table. Yeah, the match was like... Like a ninety seconds in that point. What, what was he looking for? I I don't know. Some sort of cue. I don't know who was more distracted by it, Tim White or Mike Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> so Kama puts HBK back first into the post to kind of set up the heat here. As Kama starts to go to work on Shawn Michaels, Vince talks about the luminaries of ringside, oh, including yeah. Smoking Joe Frazier, <laughs> who was mesmerized by what he was looking. He looked like one of the creatures of the night, for being honest. He looked like Stu Hart, sitting there, <laughs> mouth agape, didn't budge an inch the whole time he was on the screen. He's very intently watching the contest. Yeah, I don't think he was looking at the ring either. He was wondering what Tim White was looking at, too. <laughs> He's trying to flag down a uh, concessions. You talked about this, too, the concessions. Yeah, it was really weird to see the people that sell cotton candy and popcorn and soda and stuff walking by back and forth throughout the crowd in the background. It's really interesting. At one point, they come right down to the front row and they dump their little, they have their little uh, tub of drinks and stuff right in the barricade. Really weird. Later on, uh, one of the guys was just like staring at the Undertaker as he was like walking through the aisle. He's got his stuff, not even trying to sell his merchandise anymore, just watching the Undertaker as he's just walking down the aisle. Did this not allow people to sell things like that anymore? I just don't think they do. I think there's enough places set up in each arena now where they just... They just go. Yeah, there's no one walking around selling stuff anymore. Ben White that, obviously. Yeah, I went to the Bruins game uh, last season. There was there was nobody doing that. Those people are all out of work now. Isn't that sad? Oh, they're just sitting there now selling them at the Maybe they things. work at the concession stand. Oh, okay. Yeah, come on. That's, or they that, moved to Fenway and they just do it there. That makes you feel I think better. baseball stadiums still do it, yeah. Yes, they do. So uh, Doc Hendricks describing Kama. He says, the fists, the feet, the wrestling ability. He's got it all. Matt. Well, that was a piece of shit endorsing a piece of shit. So what do you want? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. line I've written here is Tarzan didn't like Doc showing his bias. <laughs> well, it was both of them really were getting on my nerves. I mean, I know it's expected, but Jesus Christ. It's like, how about a little impartiality from either one of them? 
So uh, Ray Rougeau was on commentary, the he French was. commentary team. We saw a lot of the foreign language commentary teams in this evening. They went to Hugo Savinovich <laughs> and <laughs> Carlos Cabrera like four or five times throughout the evening. Yeah. Maybe it's because of Savio Vega. Probably. Probably. That's the deal. It has to be. But then they, they, they focused on Ray Rougeau as well. Caribbean legend. They did. This was actually not, again, wasn't a bad match at all. So far, we're, we're doing all right. So Kama with a number of backbreakers, and then he stretched him across his knee. You really enjoyed that painful. maneuver. No, it did not. And he wasn't even holding him. You could have <laughs> slipped out at any time. He had his hand on his, I don't know what. Uh, his hip. Yeah, his hip, I guess, and his other hand on his like shoulder. Not holding him. John Michaels could have gotten out at any time if he wanted to. Speak for yourself. I, I don't, if he could, why didn't he? <laughs> His back was spasming, Tarzan. He was, he was in, in a lot of pain. pain. <laughs> he did take the greatest flip over the top I've seen in a yeah, long time. Yeah, this buckle right up over and then it right continued over, over continued right out over. to the outside. Amazing. What about the spot where uh, Sean springs to the middle rope, facing the crowd, and does like a, <laughs> a cross body, but Kama is not all the way turned around yet, so it's like some weird, like weird forearm <laughs> type thing that really... And then Kama takes a, like a delayed like Greg Valentine bump from it. I'm surprised Shawn Michaels didn't pull his typical in-your-house temper tantrum because there was a couple of little glitches in this match. Then uh, we have Shawn Michaels trading blows and getting the upper hand against the supreme fighting machine, Kama. Not protecting the man's gimmick whatsoever. A little questionable doing that. You know, maybe he got a couple jabs at the beginning, but I don't know. It seemed like peppered he, him. He peppered he him. He was peppering him a lot. He was peppering him. <laughs> so the first uh, hint we might not get a winner out of this match was the fact they showed 225 on the clock in the corner. 225 remaining in this King of the Ring first round matchup. Did they update us once in the time before that? No. No, the, all we heard from the announcer was after, soon after this, two minutes remaining. Yeah, that's quite the giveaway when you've never mentioned it once and then two minutes in, you just happen to mention it. So Shawn Michaels goes for another one of those cross bodies and actually hits it, but Kama rolls through. Quick count by Tim White. One, two, kick out. Very upset with the referee. Small package by Shawn Michaels. One, two, kick out. Oh, I thought you were. Never mind. As time is ticking away. <laughs> We have seconds left. At this point, both Vince McMahon and Doc Hendricks are screaming for Shawn Michaels to hit Sweet Chin music. Instead, he goes for 10 punches, and Crockett <laughs> was very upset. Yes. Why? <laughs> he just wants to assert further his dominance over the Supreme Fighting Machine when it comes to uh, strikes. <laughs> but at the end, it was a sunset flip. And took forever for Kama to get over. He's raving the arms. Finally, he goes over with seconds left. One, two, ding, 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 ding. Time runs too out. Late. Too little, too late for the heartbreak kid. It was declared by the ring announcer <laughs> a double draw. <laughs> you expect that kind of shit from that idiot Howard Finkel. Who the hell is this other idiot referee? the fuck is a double draw yeah the ring announcer here i don't even know his name I, I looked on wikipedia they said it was bill dunn it is definitely not bill dunn it's a guy who i don't know that i've seen before or since no idea but yeah he really apparently didn't know what the hell was going on maybe he was a guy that came with the building it is a draw 
Not a double draw. What is a double draw even? Two draws. That implies there's two draws. Yes. There's one. That just reminded me, as soon as Crockett arrived, the first thing Tarzan said was, fucking Howard Finkel is fucking terrible. He <laughs> <laughs> is fucking terrible. But that voice. He's got a great voice. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot doesn't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Man. My goodness. You have a note on uh, Shawn Michaels' reaction. Yeah, was this a reaction to the draw itself or to the ring announcer <laughs> saying double draw? Because they go to Shawn Michaels and he, you know, he miles, you can't hear it, but he's. First is a big spit, yeah. and then <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> bullshit! <laughs> HBK not digging it. They seem to be giving Vince McMahon the stink eye after the match was over as well. I don't know if, if that is anything or it just. Probably. It's it, probably something. It looked like he gave him the stink eye, and he did this kind of point. And thing like this, I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Pulling the hair? That's what he did the pantomime of like pulling the hair. Maybe this he was applying pulling the toupee off or something. This is the beginning of the douchebag Shawn Michaels <laughs> era, where he was so much better than everybody else in wrestling completely, but he was a complete fucking prick on a regular basis out there. Shawn Michaels loses the match. Well, he, he draws. He does a double draw. Double draw. With comma. And then, of course, he does his posing routine. <laughs> well, because he did. Didn't he hit sweet chin music? He I, did after the match. He got a moral victory. He did get a moral victory <laughs> and heartbreak must pose, Brian. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's the top baby face other than Bret Hart and the leader of the new generation. I thought that was Diesel. Right. That's, I said and the leader. Uh, of the new uh, generation. I thought you were saying he's also the leader of the new generation. Gotcha. Oh, here we go, guys. It is the Stridex indoor airship. <laughs> yep. There it is. <laughs> the little blimp <laughs> that you saw in the mid 90s uh, in the arena. It's not an outdoor airship. It's a blimp. So why the fuck is it an indoor airship when they put it inside? If you ever once heard of a blimp referred to as an outdoor airship. <laughs> Maybe it's a, a trademark term by Stridex. I'm going to fucking look that up and I remember Google right now. going to an event. It might have been when I went to the King of the Ring that Triple H won because we had really bad seats. But it was definitely an event. And the Karate Fighters blimp was in my way. <laughs> Quite a bit throughout the evening <laughs> back then. What did you do about it? Nothing you could do. Just pitch to yourself silently? Yeah. Not like you're going Twitter and hashtag something or tag somebody like you can nowadays. Like, you turn just, off the lights. Yeah, you just dealt with it. Okay, well, I stand corrected. It brings, well, it does bring up outdoor Zeppelin when I typed in outdoor airship. What about dirigible? Is that in there anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> okay, moving on, guys. Regardless, it's not a fucking outdoor airship. Now we're going to a very anticipated matchup. Mabel versus The Undertaker. Yeah. But first, we see a video of Mabel defeating Adam Baum to qualify. Power and then, slam. Great power slam. <laughs> and there's, then The Undertaker, Tombstones, Double J, Jeff Darrett to qualify on his end. How about the legs shaking <laughs> while he was upside down in that tombstone from Jeff Jarrett? I think he was trying to get out, right? He's trying to yeah, wiggle away. He's trying to do the reversal, but Undertaker was having none of it. No, none of it. And Todd Pettengill doing the voiceover for this video, he strangely calls The Undertaker the man who walks with the angels. What the fuck does that mean? When has the Undertaker ever walked with the angel? A man dressed in black. Who has children of the night. Yes. He walks with the angels, apparently. You know what we always say, Tarzan? <laughs> What's that? You're getting over when you get more than one nickname. That, that is 100% true. This one just didn't stick. Yeah, it certainly didn't stick. 
Uh, before Booger we Red. Booger Red did, brother. <laughs> Biggest dog in the yard. Goddamn right. Before we go to the match, though, we have Bob Backlund. Oh, <laughs> yes. Campaigning around Philadelphia. <laughs> this might have been the highlight of the whole <laughs> damn pay-per-view. This was the greatest, most terrible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you were like upset and laughing at the same time. <laughs> it was awful, but fucking hilarious. <laughs> so some guy had a cheesesteak. <laughs> and Backlund was showing it to the camera and he says he wants to put a big carrot in there so this guy can get some vitamin D and beta carotene rather than all the cholesterol that he's going to get from this cheese steak. I'm almost laughing as hard thinking about it as I was when we watched There were so many great moments in this bit all rolled into one. Everything seemed like they said action before they did because it seemed like there was like a five second pause on every clip where Backlund said nothing and just stared at the- <laughs> So awesome. He's standing in front. What was the statue he was standing in front of? It said Barry or something. Yeah, not Marion Barry. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the cart. <laughs> now I know how George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how George Washington felt. Bob Backlund was great. Mr. Backlund, tremendous. <laughs> Dude, this was a great bit. Go back and watch this, if anything, on this pay per view. And like when he starts talking, and like the woman with her children are in the shot. Excuse me. <laughs> 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 and they just stand there for a second. <laughs> so awesome. Okay, let's get back to the ring, guys. Well, first they go back to uh, Vince and Doc, and Vince goes, good thing he wasn't trying to cross the Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would have made it, Vince. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so... <laughs> you all right? <laughs> <laughs> I, we can't even get we can't properly like explain how great that segment really was mr backland yeah check that out in king of the rain 1995 so here's something not so great mabel <laughs> mabel coming down the rank accompanied by mo he's not yet been knighted tarzan <laughs> you were jumping the gun there while we watching talking about sir mo the, tar- the timeline was a little simply mo and Oddly, as they're walking out of the ring, making their entrance, Stephanie Wyan stops them in the aisleway, interviews them. Mabel kind of hints to his future as the overweight lover viscera, as he calls her Pretty Stephanie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Randomly, <laughs> Pretty Stephanie. So it is Mabel with Mo versus The Undertaker with, of course, Paul Bearer, Mike Chioda, your referee. And as we're getting going here, Tarzan, you were asking, when do they start calling it old school? The the walk on the ropes. The yeah, the tightrope walk from the Undertaker, and we said it was during the time of the American Badass, which Brian Fury said, it's "Fucking best Undertaker there's ever been." <laughs> he's awesome. I fucking love the American Badass. Yeah, I mean, he's the best he's ever been, but he's fucking tremendous. American Badass was so awesome. The amount of stuff and awesome shit he did when he was American Badass is fucking unprecedented. Now, he had that terrible ring music, but other than hey, that... Hey, come on. 
The rest N- of Nuttland, it. Nuttland Biscuit, right? <laughs> Rolling. That's that was great. That's WWE's favorite band. <laughs> you did see them perform that live there. I did. I was there live when they performed that live. Fred Durst giving the middle finger to everybody in the crowd for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, it was a great. It was a great song. You've done it yeah, now, Brian Crockett. Ugh. That's a big. Gone mis- and made a big mistake. Yeah, that song was a big you know, mistake. According to my esteemed colleague Julian Starr, American badass. He looks just like a regular guy. <laughs> a regular six foot ten guy <laughs> with Fuck. red long hair. Have Julian try him. He'll make him famous. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing started off uh, Mabel versus the Undertaker. Taker was clotheslined over the top rope. Of course, he lands on his feet, gets up on the apron. He uh, blocks an attempt from Mabel, and Undertaker kind of stuns him across the top rope. Taker kind of uh, tries to go in through the ropes, and Mabel awkwardly pushes him out between the ropes, and his leg gets caught. Was this whole spot planned? I don't know, because there was a couple. There was something sloppy right before that, too, that weird standing belly-to-belly slam there. Trip. Like almost thing. a rock bottom type thing. Really, really <laughs> weird looking. I think the way he hit him was kind of weird and sloppy too. Yeah, and then he was just fucking hanging upside down by that middle and bottom rope. He just started like pounding on him on the outside of the ring, and they finally got his leg out. And uh, then there was the suplex. You you called yeah. a lucha suplex. The righty suplex, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere. Weird, random... As soon as he hooked him for it, Tarzan goes, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I kept expecting it was like going to be a reversal or a block because he was doing it wrong, you know, and I figured that. And then, nope, just did it. Lucha style suplex. Well, Mabel, not really known for his. He's not a, a wrestling great like uh, Colin Mustafa, no, who has all the tools. Exactly. Did you like that suplex more than any other suplex on the show, Crockett? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what you, I was just asking. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what that th- was about. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Tarzan, pick it up what I'm putting down. I know exactly what he means. You know, a little, uh, little lucha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Uh, so the Undertaker uh, hits a big boot in the corner. And a big clothesline with a big follow-through as he knocks Mabel off of his feet. So Mabel then, quickly after that, hits a pile driver. Do you remember that? He hits a regular old yeah, pile yeah. driver, of course, On the later in the night. Jerry Lawler, the master of the pile driver, is wrestling a match. So why not throw in a pile driver right here? Yeah, and the Undertaker's finish is a pile driver. So it's just all kind of weird. Yes, and uh, Vince McMahon brought this up, and he says, pretty smart on the part of Mabel's part. (laughs) (laughs) Is this when I was getting pizza? Did you put that down in there? Because I don't remember him doing a pile driver at all. I think you were getting the pizza. Uh, No, I think it's a little later. The fucking delivery driver. Ooh, it was like the third house I've been to. (laughs) You didn't pay attention to the the address I gave you? Very upset. Mm. It was like Kramer when the the, the directions <laughs> flew out the window. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the kitchen. I'm taking the feed. She goes, you really like Disney, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, yep. <laughs> My aunt does too. They go like once a year. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> see you later. Well, see you later. <laughs> a big elbow 
is missed by Mabel, kind of. Oh, a glancing blow. It was a glancing <laughs> blow. He, uh, Undertaker was trying to move out of the way, but didn't quite cl- get there. He didn't get all of it. He certainly didn't. So Undertaker reverses him out of the buckle, and uh, Mabel, like, do do and they come back, of course, and squash the referee in the corner. The standard referee bump. Undertaker gives the high sign, as Doc Hendricks calls it, and hits a choke slam on Mabel. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good one. Mabel got a little height on that. Right on there. Undertaker goes for the cover, and that gosh darn comma hits the ring, gives him one well-placed boot, Brian Fury, and then Mabel hits a leg drop. They get the referee on board, bring him to his senses, one, two, three. Mabel pins the Undertaker to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. See, Kama and Undertaker had that feud going on at this point in time. Yes. He, he melted the urn down. He certainly did. that necklace. That big, nice chain. And then I asked if this was the leg drop where Mabel broke Undertaker's face, and no one was sure. Everybody didn't, wasn't sure if that was the one. Didn't seem like it. Because he started wearing that terrible purple mask for a little while after I just that. thought it was weird that like a kick from comma Undertaker rolls over leg drop boom one two three Dude, educated feet it seems pretty easy to be pinning the Undertaker we, we've talked about the fists yep talked about the wrestling ability did you forget about the feet <laughs> educated feet I forgot yeah so uh, not a horrible match but not a great match either soon after the match Undertaker sits up and chases Kama to the back, so that thing will live to see another day. The big battle. Maybe we can talk about that next. Kama versus The Undertaker. We can Next time, we'll review that one, Tarzan. Uh, is that in your house? What even is that? I have that? no idea. Uh, First round is done. First round is done, and we see the brackets, and Tarzan says, Jesus Christ, Mabel Savio on the roadie. <laughs> Think about it. There's the third goddamn king of the ring. Those are the three guys? In a tournament that had The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Yokozuna? Not a whole lot of star power in WWF at this point in time, Tarzan. If you if this pay-per-view isn't any fucking... Gives you any idea of who's going on, what's going on in the company right now. I mean, you got Rhodey, a glorified fucking manager. Xavier Vega, who just got in the company five minutes ago. And fucking Mabel. Like, Jesus Christ, who gives a shit? So the right guy win? No, Rhodey should have won. He's the best guy <laughs> in the fucking tournament. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to the roadie in just a second. But first, the Hall of Fame video. And this is the early days of the Hall of Fame. This is from the Marriott in Philadelphia. Steven? <laughs> it's a hotel. Oh, Marriott. This completely caught me off guard. I had no idea Hall of Fame went this far back. Oh, yeah. Savio Vega was there accepting for Pedro Morales. You had Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard, being inducted. Antonio Rocca. Fabulous Mula, who is <laughs> looking as beautiful as ever. They're lovely. And yeah, Todd identifies her as Lillian Ellison. And Georgie Animal Steel is inducted this year. <laughs> and there's a message <laughs> from a man sitting on an elephant. His very close personal friend. <laughs> good, good close personal friend. His very good close personal friend, Bill Murray. <laughs> yes, Bill Murray. <laughs> Some reason. All I could think of is maybe Ed Wood had come out at this point. George Steele and Bill Murray were both in that movie. Yeah, it had to have been it, and right? that's all I could think of because it was so random. He was in a desert <laughs> on, an, on elephant. an elephant. <laughs> and he did challenge him to, a, to come out of retirement. Anytime, anyplace. 
Yeah, it wasn't uh, exactly an uproarious interlude. You're not going to believe how uh, Ivan Putsky <laughs> said thank you. <laughs> Also, the big cat Ernie Ladd was inducted, the and yes, cat it's Ernie closed Ladd. out with the Polish power Ivan Putski singing <laughs> to the people in attendance. I don't even know what the song was. Very catchy, though. Everybody was clapping along. Everyone was clapping along, and uh, Doc and Vince were loving it, apparently, when we got back to the arena. And we go to our next matchup, and Brian points out that oh, uh, Jeff Hardy... Is chewing gum, first yes, of all. Yes, he was. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Stay in there. been out there for like two hours at that point. How fucking stale must that gum have been by that point? <laughs> Maybe you have time to sit down in between, right? I suppose it's possible. So then, the other thing that no. uh, got your goat, Brian Fury. Nothing fucking makes me more angry when Talk about in this. tournament scenarios than this. These fucking guys have already wrestled. Once, Savio Vega has wrestled twice already, so when he walks down to the ring, why the fuck is his fucking ring jacket and shit back on? It's not your first time fucking being seen. You've already wrestled. Just head to the ring. Uh, pageantry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Makes me so angry. And I got pissed at Road Dog too, because he had his fucking vest and hat and glasses back on. <laughs> You got a pageantry, brother. Pageantry, a superstar. Like I got mad when fucking Savage did at WrestleMania four too. So this this is nothing like, he, new. He put on different robes, also. different robes, <laughs> different trunks, different fucking boots. Wait, that's that's not acceptable. No, you've already. I can understand. Maybe I can understand putting on the same sweaty stuff you just took off is weird. But why would you take it off? Put new stuff on. No. Yeah, reach in the closet. Grab Head right new. back down to the ring. So back in the days of the old UFC where they did tournaments, would you get upset if they uh, had a match, came back, and put their uh, jacket back on? Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't remember if they did or not, but, I mean, yeah. Brian Fury, will you calm down for a second? I'll talk about oh, shit. Jeff Jarrett and the roadie backstage with Todd Pettengill. They're talking about King Road Dog. That is Brian Fury's dream scenario. Damn right. But apparently it wasn't to be. The King of the Road. That's what they would have called him. There you go. I like that. Didn't, uh, didn't Vince say that? <laughs> he might have. Vince also reviewed the roadie's job for us. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he brings the water, <laughs> the flashlight, and the towel. He brings it all for Jeff Jarrett. Well, I, I can understand the water and the towel. <laughs> what is the flashlight for? It's, you know, before the stage lights come uh, on, it is dark. You gotta guide him to the stage. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Come on. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And not only <laughs> does Road Dog have his hat on, have his vest back on. Sunglasses back on. He put his earrings back in. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Right? I forgot about that. He gets in the ring and <laughs> ring the bell. And there he is taking his earrings out. Oh, my God. What an asshole. <laughs> he just wrestled. You know you're going to wrestle again. Why put him back in? For what? I can't defend the earrings. That one's uh, that one's a bit ridiculous. No pageantry, Tarzan. I mean, earrings. Come on. <laughs> Let's talk about noses, guys. What? The proboscis. The proboscis. I remember this getting brought up, but I can't even remember the context. I don't either. All I know is that uh, Doc Dog Doc Dog. Hedrick says that's a Philadelphia sandwich, right? <laughs> Road Dog got hit in the proboscis by Savio <laughs> Vega. 
<laughs> Road Dog also hit a weird-looking shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Like, Savio like Lando was on top of him. Yes. He also did the uh, infamous Road Dog double hook clothesline over the top rope, hit his face on the apron <laughs> spot in this match, too. Yeah, that's not how you teach he you at the New England Wrestling Academy. The Road Dog at one point in the match. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did in the promo as yeah, well. Even though he was the roadie, he called himself the Road Dog. Yeah, that we, he was trying to work that in. He was trying to get that going. Later in the match, Savio Vega fires up, and no one else does. Crowd very uh, very bland. Crowd did not care. Yeah, I think the crowd's starting to get a little uh, sick of Savio Vega at this point. Not the wrestler's fault, though, right, Tarzan? The crowd. It was the crowd. It's a weird crowd. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this recently on Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. I was slightly defend savio here oh all right only because i think even some of the most over wrestlers the crowd might get sick of watching four fucking times in one night that's all i'm gonna say i suppose you're right but it's a lame excuse to say the crowd is weird okay so the finish of this match uh vegas coming off the ropes jeff jarrett hooks his leg and that brings over razor ramon who i neglected to mention was in savio vegas <laughs> corner the ref gets didn't, didn't re- wrestle all night soaking wet hair the whole time, <laughs> which is in like a braid too. You have to. You gotta keep it free flowing. Pageantry. <laughs> so Razor comes over and the ref gets Razor back. So Jarrett gets up on the apron. Savio runs Rody into Jarrett. Schoolboy one two three. Savio Vega advances to the finals against Mabel because of course. The match with uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, what's his face? Comma. Shawn Michaels and Comma ended in a double draw. The double draw. So Mabel advanced automatically to the finals. Not a great fucking finishes in this tournament. No, not at all. So here's a highlight. Savio Vega interviewed after the match by Carlos Cabrera as <laughs> Doc Hendricks translates. <laughs> I hate to admit I actually found this amusing. And Doc basically telling us that Savio Vega says that Mabel is going to wipe the floor with him. Something about stealing hubcaps and uh, other tasteless things <laughs> looking back. But uh, yeah, that was that. And we go to Bret Hart backstage talking about Jerry the Slimeball Lawler. <laughs> and what he's going to do to Jerry Lawler in this Kiss My Foot match. First ever, if I'm not mistaken. I heard that. Yes. First ever Kiss My Foot match. Jerry the King Lawler, Brett the Hitman Hart, of course. Lawler interviewed in the Iowa by Stephanie Wyand. By the way, do you know, how old do you think Stephanie Wyand was at this time? Got no unearthly idea. 26? Yeah, I believe she was in her 20s, and she's dressed up like a 35-year-old like housewife. Look, it's, this is the time, though. Like, she's a... Uh Tarzan, you you both will understand this reference. She looks like Paula Poundstone. <laughs> she certainly yeah, does. That's pretty accurate. She certainly it's does. Sign of the times. Sign of the times. I guess so. But uh, so she's interviewing Lawler in the Iowa, and he's asking her if she smells, <laughs> and she's saying no, it's your feet, and it's a whole thing, and uh, that's that. Get a promo with Lawler. Why the fuck do you need to fucking interview him again on his way to the ring? What about when he gets in the ring, Tarzan? Oh, yeah, then he gets on the mic again. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Who's even going to hear this guy? I was just uh, amazed by his mullets. I mean, there are plenty of mullets here in this evening, but that mullet just billowing out of the back of that crown. 
Very nice. I think it was just a starting mullet. Like he had just started working on it. It wasn't quite a full mullet yet, it felt like. Yeah, maybe it had a little ways to go, but yeah. it was looking good. Did we mention? Did we? That Jerry Lawler was never trained? <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> never. Never, not once. Who says this? Him in his fucking book. He was never trained a day in his life. <laughs> just stepped foot into a ring <laughs> on a show and never looked back. Turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, hell of a career. Storybook. 400 career. titles. He booked them all. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry Lawler seems like a threat, according to, I think it was Vince McMahon who said he that. He always seems no, like a Bret threat. Hart said he seems like a constant threat. That's what it was. If it's constant, it doesn't seem like it. It is. <laughs> Maybe I'm nitpicking here, but Jesus Christ, what a stupid comment. So uh, early on in the match, they're on the floor, and Lawler pulls Bret Hart by the trunks into the ring steps to kind of begin the heat here. And Doc Hendricks was uh, overbearing a bit on commentary at times. Uh, there's this quote. Overbearing, that's what you're going with? Yes. He says, we don't want a DQ. We want to see a pinfall. And then we want to see someone pucker up. <laughs> Lots of heel laughs at the commentary Why table. Commentary heel laughs having... throughout the whole night, but yeah, go on. Why is a commentator having a heel laugh? He's a heel. There you go. Brother. Jerry Lawler hits a pile driver very early on. No cover. Hits a second pile driver. Holds up the number two. two. Celebrating, showing the crowd. Two pile drivers. A third pile driver. Hits him with a third one. Finally, after celebrating, goes for the cover. Very lackadaisical cover, am I, Dad? Didn't hook a leg or anything. No, you're not going to pin a guy like Brett Hitman Hart. <laughs> Even after three pile drivers, <laughs> you're not going to pin a guy like Brett Hitman Hart. Kick out after three pile drivers. Your thoughts, Tarzan Taylor? I, I, pretty goddamn ridiculous to have someone kick out from three pile drivers. Like if I had a match today and I was wrestling someone, they said, hey, I got this great idea. I'm going to pile drive you three times, kick out. I would say, that's stupid. Shoot it down. This is 1994, for fuck's sake. 95. Brian, you're wrestling school. Do you think it's <laughs> that yeah. makes any sense to do that? Yeah, no. See, <laughs> as soon as he hit the first one, I was like, okay, I remember him taking his boot off or something during the match. I thought the antics and theatrics were going to start to happen, but nope. He just went right into a cover after giving him two more. So yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, speaking of the boot coming off, he fires Bret Hart to the floor, takes off his boot in the ring, and he hits him in the head with it, somehow undetected by Earl Hebner. I forgot about that. <laughs> Referee just yeah didn't care. Later on, they hit it a little bit better, but the first time, it was just like blatant right in front of him. So he tries to shove his foot in Brett's face. Brett stops it, knocks him down, stops him in the gut, kind of preparing him for the sharpshooter. Doc says... There's going to be a winner, and there's going to be a kisser. <laughs> God, let this jackass on the microphone. Well, Lawler was wrestling, so somebody had to do the commentary. And uh, Hakushi, who is currently feuding with Bret Hart in 1995, comes out with Shinja. Shinja goes up on the apron. Hakushi goes over as they're all on the floor. Lawler holds Bret Hart for Hakushi, of course. Bret Hart moves. Hakushi nails Lawler. That starts the comeback for Bret Hart. This is when the food arrives, Brian Fury. Yeah, this is when the pizza arrived, yes, and I had to go pay for your food. And uh, when I turn back around, Bret Hart has the sharpshooter <laughs> on Jerry Lawler. 
That's it. That's all she wrote. Brett the Hammerheart wins by submission. We also discovered uh, really quickly that the feud between Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler at this point has been going on for two years. <laughs> Ain't two nothing wrong years with that. prior is when Bret Hart won King of the Ring and Jerry Lawler attacked him. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. You're you, uh, really telling a story here. Are you? Two years. Two years. Uh, that's, that's a long time. Back in the day, you know, Jesus you really like you like, draw things out. They didn't have 12 hours of television a week. No? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) These are the jokes, folks. (laughs) So he kisses, does Jerry Lawler, as per the stipulations, he kisses Bret Hart's royal foot, according to Vince McMahon. (laughs) I guess he's a former King of the Ring, right? Yeah, yeah. Great shot of Bret Hart's toes going right right into his mouth. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, pretty disgusting. And then... You do love a good foot. It, ugh. <laughs> oh, you mentioned Ray's last week. <laughs> yeah. About the worst set I've ever seen. Uh, oh, get out, get out of my face. Uh, so <laughs> then, the ultimate embarrassment. Bret Hart makes Jerry the King Lawler kiss his own disgusting, stinking foot. That was pretty awesome. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty limber. Yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. He was able to get it in there. Jammed his own toe into his own mouth. That's something. I mean, you're, you're about to vomit right there. <laughs> it's exactly. Uh, My goodness, Tarzan. Lawler's reaction. So it is here we this saw is Tarzan runs to the bathroom, and then when, <laughs> and he comes back, and you and I are cracking up, laughing, or oh, asking, "What? What? What did they miss? What did he miss?" When Vince said, <laughs> "Looks like he ate some bad chicken." <laughs> I wonder if Bret Hart's feet tasted like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? It was so awesome. <laughs> the most weird random line for no reason. Yeah, that was I I don't even know how to explain. Like <laughs> what what is he reference I don't I don't think he was referencing anything. He just had a line and he just threw it out there. It is Hart's feet might taste like chicken. He wonders. So here's where we saw it in the crowd a fan with one of those all-over T-shirts. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And uh, you guys talked about how you loved those T-shirts, how you owned those T-shirts. Yep. I had Razor Ramon and The Undertaker. And myself and uh, the guy who used to do this podcast talked about how we hated those T-shirts. They're, they stink. They're terrible. Why are you guys so miserable? I like a nice, simple logo on a shirt. I don't need to have something about oozing machismo on my uh, on my belly. Right, well, this is a Bret Hart. The Bret Hart all over one was fantastic. I love that one word to school all the time. The Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Hotel one was fantastic. I had that one word all the time. The Undertaker with his big face with the red eyes. Come on, man. Good stuff. Let me know what you think out there. All over t-shirts, those uh, designs from the mid-90s. Such a miserable prick, Crockett. Why are you miserable? All right, let's talk about the King of the Ring finals. I gotta say, oh, th- from this point is when the fucking the t- the pay per view went. Into yeah, the now you know why I'm miserable. Yeah, because the pay per view from this point on just goes <laughs> in the toilet. Like, not that it was all that great to begin with, but yeah, it wasn't bad. No, it that, wasn't. But but nothing like stood out, or there wasn't fucking a lot going on except for the Road Dog. The rest of the pay per view was okay. From here on out, holy fuck! Yeah, really bad. <laughs> Tarzan, you exclaim. Four fucking times we've had to see Savio Vega tonight. I don't even dislike Savio Vega, but four times in one night? 
Jesus Christ. They're trying to make a guy. That's what they're trying to do. How'd that work out for him? Uh, I mean, he lost the finals. He started the feud with the ringmaster in a couple months. <laughs> Four times. Another guy in the Million Dollar Corporation, by the way. That's true. So it is Mabel with Mo versus Savio Vega, the finals of King of the Ring, 1995. Of course, Savio Vega sticking and moving early against the big man. I ask Mo a question, though. Yes. Was it hotter in that arena or in this fucking apartment right now? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mo, Mo was, uh, yeah, he's a little... He was sweating profusely. <laughs> a lot of perspiration. <laughs> a lot of perspiration. Pouring down his face, soaking wet. The crowd barely gave two shits about this match. This is the when they started chanting ECW at one point in time. Thundering. What? I wouldn't from the front row. I wouldn't to the rafters. You're right. Those two guys in the front ECW. row that go to those shows, and the people in the rafters because I can only afford the cheap seats. <laughs> what do you guys think of the big eye rake? The stomping oh, eye rake. Stomp. <laughs> That's a devastating eye rake. <laughs> you heard the noise, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big Uh-oh. noise. So yeah, I mean, they didn't really give the crowd a lot to be excited over because less than five minutes into this match, a bear hug. <laughs> oh my god! By Big Mabel. Uh, Savio battles out, goes to the buckle, and he's back in the bear hug again. <sighs> the crowd is wrestles at this point. We talked about there's an ECW chant uh, somewhere in here. An ear clap by Savio Vega. Comes off the ropes, runs into a diving clothesline or a, a falling clothesline maybe from Mabel. Then from there... Similar to what he did to Undertaker earlier. Yes. Then from there, chin lock. Oh, <laughs> Tarzan's <laughs> very upset over there. He just dropped the mic in it's frustration. Not bad enough you're doing. Re- I hate when people switch rest holds. Like the bear hug in theory is supposed to work the ribs. Now you're doing a chin lock. Like pick a fucking body part and stick with it. And you're gonna bore the hell out of us with rest hold after rest hold. At this point in the night, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, here, here's a good quote from Doc Hendricks. He says, uh, "Razor is uh, pounding on the mat, and he goes." Razor trying to get the crowd into it, and then he like realized he goes, "Oh, they are into it, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're not into it, Doc. They're- this is the fucking finals of the tournament, <laughs> and it's the shittiest, most boring fucking match of the night. And no one gave a shit. But the finish, guys. <laughs> oh my! The God. finish. So Savio Vega finally hits the spin kick, yep. knocks down the big man, one two, kick out, then. Mabel ends up giving Savio Vega basically the world's strongest slam yep. to the mat. Kick out by Savio Vega. Then Mabel gets up, hits the ropes, hits a splash. One, two, three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> drama, Tarzan. Drama. Why are you going for the cover just to kick up, just to hit him with something else, just to pin him there? And they spent all this time building to this guy for four goddamn matches just to lose like that. The deck was stacked against him. Just, he had to wrestle four times. Mabel only had to wrestle <laughs> twice. Just fucking awful. How do you expect him to overcome those odds? That's a good point, Brian. Oh, fucking gross. Just terrible. So after the match, guys, uh, Razor gets into it with Mo, then Mabel. They double team Razor, hit him in the ribs, and they elbow him off the middle rope to kind of take him out of the old uh, the equation. One, two, three, kid makes his way down to ringside. He gets dropped, and then you're not commenting on his mullet. Oh, it's it's nice. 
he's starting to grow it. He's starting to to grow it out. Yes, he is. Um, well on his way to joining the Million Dollar Corporation, I might add. Yep. So Mabel, a lot of room in that corporation. <laughs> bodies, the carnage all over the ring as Mabel and Mo make their way to the stage where the throne is. Mo kicks Todd Pettengill to the curb, takes over the coronation. Vince McMahon works in the fact that uh, the sweat pouring from his face. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really the nice comment you'd want to have during this special ceremony. So Mo takes out the scrolls and reads a proclamation as Mabel gets hit in the face with a ball of paper. The crowd really not enjoying this. Or, I mean, the ones that are making noise are not enjoying it. So there's Hear ye! <laughs> Hear ye! Hear ye! Yes, this reading of the proclamation, uh, much, much longer than Robin Leach's at WrestleMania 4, Tarzan. Jesus, Mo took forever with this. I think even Doc Hendricks makes some speed reading comment. Yes. While he's doing this. Really milking it. Oh, my God. He reads about the WWF superstar known as Big Mabel. <laughs> yep. When has he ever been referred to as Big Mabel? On the scroll, apparently. <laughs> so he beat the best the WWF has to offer, it says, also. Well, he did beat The Undertaker. Okay. But then he beat Savio Vega. Adam Bomb. <laughs> so, Adam Bomb. So, yes, they get the, uh, the robe. He's got a sword. Yeah. <laughs> Holding the sword high in the air. <laughs> and, of course, the crown. And, yes. Did the crown ever get put on him? It did at the end, and yes. The royal cape. The royal cape. <laughs> and uh, King Mabel is crowned here at King of the Ring 1995. So we go backstage. Real, real quick, now that he's the king, like if you, if you start watching some of the superstars and stuff after this, they do the old school king entrance where there's like jobbers like fucking carrying Mabel out to yes. the ring like on yeah. a throne. Jesus fucking Christ. I would not want to be an extra booked for one of those fucking tapings. Earning their paydays. Holy fuck. Jesus, yeah. And then some. So backstage, we see Jerry Lawler <laughs> in the bathroom over the sink. <laughs> vomiting. I don't think the warrior was involved. No, he was not. <laughs> But Lawler and Warrior had a thing later on, I think. <laughs> yes, because he wore the fucking baseball cap. Yes. So he's using mouthwash. He's kind of downing toothpaste by the tube. <laughs> Vince is like trying to talk to him. Look at eat, eating an entire tube of toothpaste. <laughs> Does vomit. I don't know how he's going to get this taste out of his mouth, Brian Fury. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't dude. know what's going to happen. He might have to find a good dentist. <laughs> yes, that's... <laughs> Yep. Oh, my God. That is how they brought in Isaac Yankum, ladies and gentlemen. And a little bit down the line, because of this, he had to go to the dentist. <laughs> All right. Say, Sign of the time, Mr. WWF. I've had a foot or two in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to, I've never vomited, never had to down an entire bottle of toothpaste well was this uh man or woman uh were were they in a horse stall beforehand (laughs) sure it wasn't my own stinking foot so i guess i I guess that is true so just a couple huh (laughs) just a couple very petite all right so the main event of the show 
It's a tag team match. So, wait, wait. Tarzan realized this right before this match came on, or maybe a little bit earlier in the night. His exact words were, Is there even a single fucking title match on this show? That's true. There was not one. Tag champs there. Not defended. IC champion. Not defended. Heavyweight champion. Not defended. It's a fucking pay-per-view. Well, it's all about King of the Ring. That's the only title that matters on this night, Brian. Uh, Tarzan. Either one. Fucking stupid. So it is Tatanka and Sid of the Million Dollar Corporation. You heard that right, folks. Tatanka (laughs) and Sid with Ted DiBiase. Native American turncoat Tatanka, that is. (laughs) Versus... Bam Bam Bigelow recently turned baby face uh, after being booted from the Million Dollar Corporation yep. for losing to Lawrence Taylor. Yes. And a big daddy cool Diesel, the WWF champion, the leader of the new generation. And uh, Diesel took some terrible bumps and hurt his elbow. That's the gist of it. He's hurt. He's playing injured. What a great promo with him beforehand, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> awful. <laughs> Fucking terrible. How's your elbow, Diesel? Uh, I, I'm not, not going to lie to you. I'll tell you it's 100%. It's uh, still, you know, I'm, uh, it hurts. I'm still 60%, and that's still too much man for Psycho Sid or something like that. Well, t- speaking of percentages, they go to Bam Bam Bigelow. This is like a whole Scott Steiner thing before Scott Steiner. Bam Bam Bigelow says both him and Diesel are going to give 110%. So together, they have 220% to give. So there's no combating that. <laughs> I guess you can't argue. The numbers don't lie, I guess. Numbers don't lie. So Bam Bam Bigelow comes out with the jacket. Holy fuck. <laughs> What's wrong with the jacket? You, you really were trolling when you said you like that jacket. What's, what's not to like about the jacket? Holy shit, it's so bad. It's so terrible. Flames. Look at the flames. <laughs> it's a giant fireball. It looked awful. He shoots fireballs. You see that from his freaking wrist? did. I did see that. He Very shot one like we after he was <laughs> taking it off. <laughs> oh, right down at the he mat. hit himself in the balls. He looks like a freaking Power Rangers supervillain for Christ's sake. It looks awful. So uh, they got the jacket and Tarzan. Here you were talking about the click at this point. What did you say about the click? I said I don't know why they're so revered to this day because they were on top when the wrestling business was in the fucking toilet. Like seriously, they're on top of WF for the absolute worst time financially for that company and yet they're somehow revered to this day for that like can anyone explain it might end up being okay right when they went to wcw yeah like uh, four years later and it wasn't the wwf they weren't revered they were revered for being the click in the wwf the business was in the toilet they almost freaking the company almost went under why are they so goddamn revered i enjoyed it right He's, he's bitching about the click. You're bitching about Bam Bam Bigelow's symbol on his gear. <laughs> I'm not yeah. bitching about the click. It's not that I don't like them, but they're so revered for almost driving the company out of business. They were the driving force into turning the attitude error on. Thank you. Is that what it was? <laughs> All right, so... Uh, fuck that. WCW was already beating WF in the ratings before the fucking NWO. They were already beating them at that point. They were. When they left, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, it took them like well over a year before they ever started doing anything. Shawn Michaels' title reign is, everyone knows, was not successful. Just someone explain to me why they're so goddamn revered. And I don't mean on their wrestling talent or anything, but as an organization, like they rule the wrestling world. Why? What was so great? The company almost went out of business. Vince liked them. (laughs) (laughs) And I like. Love Shawn Michaels, love Triple H, love X-Pac, love 
Scott Hall, you know, Kevin Nash is whatever, but <laughs> I love almost all those guys as far as workers go, but I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Malone is going to explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll get him on the horn. So this match, this tag team matchup, the main event here, let's get through this. Diesel, of course, has the bad elbow. <sighs> Sid is on the apron. Diesel walks by. Basically, Sid just kicks him in the elbow, and uh, we go in from there because Bam Bam Bigelow comes in the ring. The ref gets him back, and we're on the heat. We're working the arm, folks, in the main event of this pay-per-view. It's a very heated tag team match. Yes fucking match was fucking garbage really trying to give bigelow the rub by teaming him with diesel this was easily the worst goddamn match tonight fucking terrible so there was three hot tags in the match uh well one wasn't supposed to be a hot tag oh jesus christ they were they were working to a false tag because you know uh it was sid and Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow the ring. and uh, you know, working their way over Bigelow to Diesel and then Tatanka comes in the ring supposed to pull the ref and Earl Hebner, the referee for this matchup, either didn't see it or chose not to see it and I think Tatanka got there a little late like he was supposed to be pulled by that point in time but nope, Bigelow just makes the tag Diesel comes in well, nothing <laughs> Earl can do fucking atrocious to cover for it they just like he just tags back in like a minute later yeah he bumps in gives him an elbow drop sells his elbow and tags out right away yeah kudos. Bigelow, who just got the shit kicked out of him comes right back <laughs> into the ring like all right and they immediately go to a chin lock <laughs> kudos for diesel for you know thinking on his feet and uh getting him back to where they needed to get even though it was a little clunky but yeah, the fucking match is awful it's awful it's so bad Everything about this match fucking sucked balls. <laughs> it was terrible. a nice jumping DDT by uh, Tatanka on uh, Bam and Bigelow. Bam and Bigelow took some uh, tremendous bumps. How about the choke slam by Sid off the second rope? He took, he, you know, the One Bam, Bam, Bam Bam is standing on the second rope and he took a huge bump. He turned and choke slammed him right onto the mat. That was good. Bam and Bigelow working really hard what in about this that match. Offensive maneuver he did. What offensive maneuver was that? that weird front flip. <laughs> yes. Like rolling thunder. Roll <laughs> thing that he did onto Tatanka. And then he sold, yeah. Yeah. We landed on his head. You gotta understand it. I I, I do understand. So uh <laughs> they'd go to a double clothesline spot. And you know, this is they're they're both down. Here we go. Here we go. Let's get this crowd fired up. Let's get this hot tag going, right? Uh, oh my god. No. <laughs> Is it Bigelow covers him? Yeah, Bigelow oh, covers fuck, him first. Fuck! I forgot all about that. <laughs> what a fucking asshole! Big double down. Bigelow just rolls over, covers him. Yeah, the baby face who's getting the heat on him. He goes for the cover, kicks out, and then he just goes over and tags. No, versus Insiguri, then he tags. Right. Well, there was a chin lock back again from <laughs> Tatanka first. Oh my god! Oh, that's oh my fucking head. Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, then the third hot tag happens. Diesel kind of nonchalantly walks in the ring. He hits a half ass jackknife powerbomb oh on Tatanka, where he just kind of gets him up and then kind of like drops him in and steps aside. <laughs> this fucking hot tag was two forearms, a fucking sidewalk slam, and then the fucking jackknife. <laughs> Sid, yep, just couldn't be bothered <laughs> to sell or uh, bump feed anything. Nope. Just stood there, watched, and then Diesel's like, come on, let's go. Because Diesel like, picked him up, right? After the fucking... Yeah, after the yes. Cover. One, two, picks him up. And then 
fucking Sid just he walked wants Sid. away. Yeah, he pointed to Sid. He wanted Sid, and Sid hopped off the apron and walked away. Sid, well known for this, leaving his partners in the dust. <laughs> I think so, yeah. He was, that, uh, Hogan. What was the finish? An elbow drop. <laughs> he just decided to. <laughs> yep. Diesel just dropped an elbow. <laughs> his what? bad elbow, I might add. He, he sold it last time he dropped an elbow with it, but this time. Yep, just dropped it dropped and then an elbow. pinned so Tatanka. On the show, we had a boot and an elbow drop. Both ended matches. And that closes out King of the Ring 1995. Diesel's elbow might not be at 100% capacity, <laughs> but he got the job done. What a fucking dismal way to end a goddamn pay per view. So, what would you say overall if you had to grade King of the Ring 1995? If it was a Monday Night Raw, I'd say, like, okay, it was fine. But this is a goddamn pay per view. It was fucking. At best, middle of the road. I mean, it wasn't like a single great match on the show, I'd say. I mean... If you're looking at this card, right, and would you be like, man, I have to buy this because I have to see <laughs> this match or that match? I, I don't know what match on that would sell anyone on that pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. no. Exactly. No, not a single fucking one. <laughs> no. And I fucking bought it when I was a kid. I didn't. Of course you didn't. This might have been my, first, never might have been my first time seeing this show, to be honest. Times never changed for <laughs> Michael Crockett. Like, who did that tag match benefit? I mean, Diesel's already the champion. I guess it somehow builds heat for Sid, I guess. Gave Bigelow the rub. Gave Bigelow the rub. Ugh. It was gone, like, what, six months after that? Yeah, not long. Not long after that. So that's King of the Ring, 1995. You're a great... Brian Fury. Road Dog gets an A. Everybody else gets a fucking D. <laughs> Tarzan. I will agree with the Road Dog getting an A. <laughs> <laughs> Main event, yes, everyone gets a D minus. Um, probably I'd give Savio, I'd give him like a C plus because, you know, he worked very hard and he wasn't so bad at the beginning. It's just, just fucking stale by the end. So overall, we're kind of like C range. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Lawler's antics get an A. Yeah. But the A plus of the night goes to Bob Backlund. Bravo, <laughs> Bob Backlund. A plus, plus, plus. Wow. <laughs> Dean Douglas. Going Dean Douglas on us here. Uh, all right. Well, that's King of the Ring 1995. Let us know what you think, folks. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on the episode on our review of King of the Ring 1995. Let us know. Use the hashtag WPAN and get your voicemails in. We'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. We do have a voicemail, but we're going to hold it till next week because we've run really long here All with right. uh, Tarzan Hates King of the Ring 1995. Let's so. add some more voicemails to this so we can have a, a good voicemail list next week. I'm assuming I'll be back. Who knows? <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I certainly assume it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume I'll be back. So call in. Let's hear from you, folks. Let us know, 401-584-9726. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, <laughs> as uh, Julian Starr Julian Starr thing on, on the Tarzan's podcast. Before we move on, let's talk about Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Higher Body Harper, and Doc Turner. Mike Mills. I didn't hear from him about last week's episode. You didn't hear from him? Not yet. Uh-oh. He's running out of time. I know. So uh, check out his podcast, two shows a week, Sundays and Thursdays, mikemills.podbean.com for all the information on that Southern style 
old school wrestling podcast and the northern version of booking the territory some say is our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with Lil joe morata and michael quinn ovppodcast.com for all the stuff going on with our vantage point and greetings from allentown how about greetings from allentown how about it greetings from allentown with pw peter winson he talks about one single episode of wrestling television puts his own spin on things so check out greetings from allentown and finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart. All right, Jason Stewart. He's got a big guest coming up, he I hear. have a big guest, I hear. Adam Salzer, <laughs> Troy, Sal, all the rest over there on the Rundown Wrestling Network, rundownwrestling.com for more information. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, uh, fuck these dates. You got anything, Brian Fury, coming up? September the 20th. Yes. Chaotic Wrestling returns. To Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a bittersweet show. Woburn. Yeah, what is th- what happened? So Woburn has been Caddick's home for quite a while now. Uh, I think like going on 10 years at this point in time. And uh, We got a call Thursday, the day before Summer Chaos, and they told us, yeah, we're going to have to stop doing shows there. We're completely renovating the entire building. We'll be able to get you back in there end of summer, winter, next year. So we had to scramble around and, you know, we're trying to fill in a couple other dates that we had remaining for this year there, as well as, you know, we're booking out our schedule for next year. But yeah, so September the 20th will be final show in Woburn as we know it. Uh, Who knows when we'll be able to get back in there or if they're going to allow wrestling back in there once they get completely renovated and stuff. So we'll see. Uh, So make it out there. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Main event is Christian Casanova defending the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Man of Steel Mike Verna. Yeah, come say goodbye to the Wolverine Elks. Maybe I'll show up. How about you, Tarzan? Um, Busy? I won't rule it out. Tarzan has more of a chance of being there than Crockett. Uh, how that, about that? That is true. <laughs> come on now. And this week's promo about nothing, guys, comes from the year 2000. All right. The year 2000, and we are back in WCW World Championship Wrestling with this strange promo. I don't know if it's the full promo or not, but I found this on Reddit, which, I mean, I don't really spend time on Reddit. I think someone linked to it. It is Hulk Hogan in the year 2000, WCW, with a very strange promo with some uh, very odd threats. Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. I don't care how much damn money it costs. Just get my damn attorney on it. As far as I'm concerned, that Kidman, that little piece of he's history. And as far as Bischoff goes, I'm going to eat his ass off. Get it done. Damn it, I want it done by the time I get home, all right? Get it done. Do you understand? Get that damn camera out of here. See, yeah, that's it. Very brief, but a lot to dissect there, I think. What is he going to eat? Is he going to eat Bischoff's ass alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very strange thing. To that say. is a threat. <laughs> I suppose. That's I, a constant threat. <laughs> I would be scared if someone said they were going to eat my ass alive, I guess. And Billy Kidman, what do you call it? A little piece of shit? Is that what he calls it? Yeah. Hey, it's 2000 WCW. I hate this era of WCW so much. Yeah, because there was a. This is the time where I think Billy Kidman said something on a not a podcast at this time. I think it was a like an internet show about Hulk Hogan holding the younger guys back. So it ended up bleeding into 
the show and you know, you know, yeah, Vince Russo had to book them together because yeah. ten people on the internet thought it was, it was a good idea. According to Vince Russo, uh, every single fucking paying fan is hanging on every word ever printed on the internet about what's going on backstage and wrestling shows. Speaking of which, I saw a tweet from uh, Vince Russo. I guess he ran into Chris Jericho and he said something about like, I was so happy I got to introduce him on WWF Monday Night Raw in 1999. <laughs> like, yes, Vince, you did it. Introduce him. Like, he, like, like, he was the, he guy, was the guy who brought him, him in, in to, yeah. to the WWF. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Kidman, I guess, uh, I actually saw the footage. He pinned... Hulk Hogan earlier in the night, but some like little skirmish happened, and Eric Bischoff actually counted the pin. Where uh, Kidman, I don't think it was an official match, but That's Kidman why he was pinned get his attorney. He's going to get his attorney and uh, eat his, his ass alive. Ass. Yes, no, that, yeah, Bischoff is going to yeah, he's going to eat his ass alive because he got pinned on Nitro. And my favorite part is there's a camera in his face in a limo. Yep. Door the door is wide open. It's not like they, he's sneaking in the, the crack there. The door is wide open. Blood, and he's got a camera right there. Blood all on his forehead. Nice white t-shirt. That's the way to do it. And he notices the camera there and says, get the hell out of here. And it closes the door. Like, the camera is right in your face the entire time. But so enraged. Is he, was he just aware, saw red. He, he couldn't see. He surroundings. I guess so. <laughs> Tunnel vision. He's just so focused on eating that ass. <laughs> oh my god okay i think i better call it a night guys i appreciate you guys uh sticking around it's a late one and uh you heard this promo about nothing if you want the full picture find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com tarzan taylor your podcast every two weeks there's gonna be one a week from this wednesday and i believe a special guest to might be sitting here in this room on the next episode of Truth Justice and the New England Processing Way. Yes, on Truth Justice and New England Processing Way on September 18th, our next episode. And our special guest is the one, the only, the firebrand, Brian Fury. Hey, now. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Pro Wrestling Way. And give us a like on Facebook, if you could, at Truth Justice and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. And listen to the current episode featuring Todd Sobel and Liberty States Wrestling. Yes, and subscribe to uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the past ones, too, except for the girls' one. The, the, the other ones are good. Skip the girls' one. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I like them all. Listen to all if you could. I'd appreciate it. But especially, <laughs> don't miss, September 18th, where our guest will be the firebrand, Brian Fury. All right, so check out Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. And check us out next week, next Monday, where I'm sure... Brian Fury, you'll be here. Yeah. I'll be here for episode 177 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, he is Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>